0: Welcome back to moms and baseball. This is episode 73 and I'm Stephanie
1: and I'm Diana. Today, we're going to talk all about the college athletic recruiting process. We're joined by special guest, Coach Renee Lopez. Renee Lopez is a 20-year coaching veteran and an expert in the college recruiting process. She's recruited and produced three All-Americans and has been honored as Coach of the Year by her peers. In addition to serving as the NCAA Compliance Director, Coach Lopez has learned the recruiting process from having worked as a high school varsity head coach for three years and a college coach for 14. In NCAA Division one 2 three, and NAIA. Coach Lopez has written a book, Looking for a Full Ride, an Insider's Recruiting Guide, which has been featured on ESPN Radio and Sirius XMI. We found Coach Lopez through the Facebook group, Educating Parents of High School Athletes on the College Recruiting Process. The group name is a mouthful, but this is a fantastic group. We definitely recommend checking it out. And We've got coach with us here right now. So coach, thanks so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to speak with you guys tonight. Absolutely. Thanks
0: coach. So Diana and I both have eighth grade boys that are our oldest. So the topic of college athletic recruiting is kind of a new territory for us. So I guess our first question would be as parents of middle school athletes, is there anything our kids need to be worrying about currently in terms of preparing for possible college athletics and anything that they should be doing? Doing right now, or just focus on playing their sport and having fun?
2: Well, I think, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head right there is first and foremost, we see more kids drop out of youth sports during those middle school years than we see at any other point in time in the athletic careers. So I think it's important that we don't start putting too much pressure on those middle school kids too soon um, to really be focusing about school um, in terms of college I think is is a little too soon uh, for most college coaches. They're not really looking at seventh and eighth graders. Um, they're really looking at uh, what your grades are gonna be. And so, you know, let's make sure that we're creating good habits in terms of their academics and not blowing off school, uh, as well as that they're developing as athletes and wanting to continue to grow and develop um, in their skill set, but also that they're having fun. Um, you know, I think the number one reason we see that kids drop out of youth sports is the pressure from adults. And so, We don't want to ever be part of that that forces them to start thinking, oh my gosh, we're gonna think about six years away when really they really just need to be focused and having some fun and also developing and and you know, obviously keeping their grades in check. You know, I think that's important. But once they start hitting high school, I think they can start really Looking through the process and really understanding the process as athletes. However, as parents of middle schoolers, I 100% believe you should definitely start learning and understanding the process because it is overwhelming to parents and very overwhelming to student-athletes as well. And oftentimes you are not necessarily being guided in the right direction as student-athletes. Um, You may not have coaches that have been college coaches uh, or even been college athletes. And so you may not have a club setting that has college coaches or former college coaches or or former college athletes. And so oftentimes it's kind of the blindly and the blind and they want to help you, but they may guide you in the wrong direction. And so we want to do everything we can to help them understand what the process is. And so as parents of middle schoolers, I highly recommend you guys obviously pick up, you know, looking for a full ride that will help you. We interviewed 65 college coaches and athletic directors across 19 sports across all divisions, across the entire country. And the reality is we try to get those themes of what you see from college coaches, what they're looking for. And so, you know, that book will be, a great asset for you, but also, like you mentioned, are, are, are really long titled, but really effective. You know, <laughs> over 55,000 people are in that Facebook group, um, and we just have a, all of our experts are in there and work through uh, different issues and concerns, so that way families start to learn and understand the process before it's too late, and I think that's the biggest thing we learned out of coming out of COVID. All these kids came in, and maybe they were freshmen or sophomores, didn't have any film. All of a sudden, they were shut down, and all of a sudden, now they're seniors, and they still don't have film because of shutdowns and things like that, and so you know, it was, it was some major lessons learned. And unfortunately um the key is, is that kids have to learn to start the process. You know, I think typically, you know, during your freshman sophomore years, when you start thinking about it and really looking into it. Absolutely.
0: Thank you.
1: That's really good to know. And I just wanted to follow up uh, with your group. I know we've already talked about that a couple of times, but I think the thing that impresses me the most is that you personally are so active in answering people and it's <laughs> You know, I'm very quiet and I'm just sitting back and learning, but I feel like it's a lot of the same questions and like you're so patient. And, you know, I feel like if it were me, I'd be like, just read my book. <laughs>
2: all it, all the books, read the book but you're so. Self- I ask <laughs> is you use the search bar, it helps <laughs> yes, us tremendously. Yes. Please use the search bar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: We try and help as many kids as we can. We know there's lots of new people coming in each week, so we want to help them um, because we want to just make an influence. And, and really, uh, we've seen such a gap between a lot of times where the education is, and there's we want to be that bridge for, you know, I'd been a college coach for a long time, and then I'd also been a high school coach and also director of coaching for our club team. And obviously, my sport was soccer, but, you know, we really have interviewed 65 college coaches across 19 sports. So we tried to put all that information together, but really what we kept seeing is that, a lot of times what college coach wanted and what um, a student athlete thought were just two different things. They just didn't have a clue. And so we want to be that bridge to really help those families along. So we try our best every day.
1: Yes. We appreciate that. Um, could you talk a little bit about some common misconceptions in the recruiting process? Well, you know, I think
2: there are, are a few that are out there. First and foremost, you know, we see so many things that go on on ESPN, and you know, and hear about them on the radio, and all these kids changing their hats at the last second to make a decision, or or we watch a movie like The Blind Side, and you know, you see that these college coaches are just coming knocking at his door, telling him <laughs> how great he is, and the promising him the world, and pro- including promising his little brother the world. You know? Yeah. And you look at these things. It's a great movie. I love that movie. But I want kids to know, especially in a sport like baseball, where your kids are not typically going on full rides. And so for athletics, and so they really need to understand that the process is really about them marketing themselves to college coaches, not just expecting this old adage of like, if I sit back and I'm talented, college coaches are going to know about me. And yes, they may know about you, but they don't know that you're interested in their school. So you as a student athlete need to be the one reaching out to these schools. You want to get on their radar by the end of your sophomore year, ideally. So that way, when the process can really move forward and really, you know, as you get test scores, things like that, and you get more grades, things like that, that the schools are going to know who you are already. They've seen film. Maybe they've seen you live and they get your grades and they're looking at all this information and and really getting to know you as a person, not just as a student, not just as an athlete, but overall, they want to know who you are as a person. And so, you know think the biggest misconception that's out there is I'm good I'll just sit back and college coaches come knock at my door and that is a huge misconception I want to um really change and, and people to really understand that kids need to be emailing and I always say to them You know, oftentimes kids only email the schools they've heard of. And so what have you heard of? The schools that are on TV all the time, Mm -hmm, as opposed to, you know, let's look at, I always recommend is 20 to 30 schools, make the list. You start making that during your freshman year, your sophomore year. Well, now you go to a tournament and you're traveling for something for baseball or you're going on a family vacation. And oh, by the way, there's a couple colleges nearby. Let's drive by them. Let's get a feel for what they are. Whether your child chooses that school or not, who cares? The fact is, now have them do a virtual tour so they can see it online. Maybe they don't even meet with admissions because maybe they're just too young, or you know, you don't have time to do all that. But just drive by and get a feel for it. What does a, a college look like? That's forty thousand students versus five thousand students versus you know, a thousand students. Oftentimes, uh, kids don't understand what that even means and what the difference is. Let alone they've heard of Division One, so they think that's the only level to go to. And instead, I always say in your 2030 schools, you start the list with you try and drive by when you can and try and visit some campuses as you as as you travel and such, just to have a comparison. But the key also is going to um, really an experience in looking at colleges that are not just division one. Look at all levels. So we always say 20, to 30 schools on your list that you start with, that you're going to start emailing and contacting, but five to eight at every level. So you look at the junior college level, you look at D3s, you look at NAIs, D2s, and division ones, and not just the big time division ones you've all heard of in the power fives, but look at some mid major division ones as well. And so I think that's a big thing is People don't realize that there are amazing competitive opportunities at every level. There are also not great programs at every level. So don't Mm -hmm. just dismiss that maybe a local school that you know of is not a great program. So you dismiss them and you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to play at that level. As opposed to go and research the different levels and really get an expectation of, you know, let's get an understanding of what it is, uh, as opposed to most of the expectations that our our kids come in with is, I've heard of this college, so I'm going to send an email to this coach. As opposed to really understanding, is it a good academic fit for them, athletic fit, social fit, and moms and dads obviously have the category of financial fit, and we want to make sure that those things are all taken care of. But we have to be chasing those 20, 30 schools first and foremost- based off of some options that you think they may go down of a major so if you know they like science maybe they did not know they're going pre-med maybe they want to be a science teacher who knows but it's okay you explore what that is now if you decide you want to go into something very specific you know let's just say you want to go into architecture or you want to go into marine biology well that may limit some of your opportunities that are there but you can start off with just looking at science, schools with science programs and, you know, for marine biology or you want to go to nursing. Not all schools have nursing or engineering, you know, and, and looking at that. And so really just be able to explore what it is. But using academics as the primary first and foremost filter. Then, obviously, looking at the areas of the country, baseballs and outdoor sports. So, <laughs> people, I mean, I live in Florida. I, I grew up in Chicago area. So, I, I do understand the difference <laughs> of what that weather is. Okay. But, you know, there are some people that are not going to be cut out for, you know, I don't know, North Dakota in Michigan, you know, where
1: we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> yes. know,
2: any of those areas who may not be cut out for it and vice versa. But then again, think about it. A lot of kids will send emails to a lot of schools in California and Texas and Florida. So there's also a more competitive situation when it comes to that too, in terms of how many kids are contacting those coaches. So you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there, but the number one thing is that you need to make sure that you're being able to um, your kid is understanding. They're not going to just sit back and think I'm talented and, and college coaches will come knocking my door. They have to be reaching out to those schools and they have to be emailing them and getting film and, all that information to them and transcripts and test scores. And also the other key part is, is that we need to make sure that when you're choosing your schools, that you've looked at the size of the school, you look the weather, you look the location, how far away is from home are you have to fly there? Our, you know, our mom and dad can still be able to come watch you play. You know, also looking and realizing, you know, what does that, the, the campus life look like? You know, Is it a commuter school? Is it really in the heart of a city? Is it suburbia or is it campus life or does it dominate, uh, does the campus dominate the city? You know, What does that look like? And so we've gotta make sure that kids are looking at, I refer to the things as the broken leg test everything beyond playing. What does it look like? You know, what opportunities are going to be there for internships? What opportunities are there going to be for you to have a, a life outside of sports and school? You know, are the movie theaters nearby? Are there, is there a mall nearby? All those things, but it, it all plays into your daily life. And so mm-hmm. the idea is, um, making sure that you're really evaluating a school that's not just because a college coach called me or I heard back from this college coach that isn't, it shouldn't be their filter. It should just be, is it academically a good fit? And then um, obviously we want to find the right social fit. And then the financial fit obviously plays in for mo- many families too. That's Absolutely. such good
1: advice. And I just wanted to add as a follow-up, um, I hadn't ever really thought about it until you were just talking about it. My brother played baseball at Wright State University in Ohio. And I, when you were talking about you know academic fit first and foremost, I don't think he in any way, shape, or form re- regrets that choice, but um, he went to school to be a teacher and he is a teacher in Michigan. But one of like the consequences of going where he went, I don't understand the specifics and that might've changed but at the time, something like Michigan teaching certification didn't accept whatever he went to school for in Ohio. So he had to come back to Michigan after doing his four years and go to school for a whole other year or two, just to be able to be a teacher in Michigan. So, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know if he knew that going in, but you know, that's the type of thing that would definitely be nice to think about in advance. Absolutely. You know,
2: it, it really had to put in all the factors, you know, and thinking through if I'm going to have a car on this campus, what if I don't have a car? Okay. Well, do I practice off? campus or is it on campus? Is it the academic fit that we're going to be good for me? Is it a five-year program? Is it a four-year program? Can I do my major? And play sports for four years because not with all majors at all schools can you do that. And mm-hmm. so you know it, it's important to investigate that. You know student teachers, the perfect example. Can they student teach their senior year? Mm-hmm. Well, if they're a baseball player at some colleges, the answer is no during that senior year your spring. And here you are, you want to play your last year. Um, and so you know it's important to really evaluate all of those characteristics when you're when you're really starting to look at a college. Is let's look at everything beyond the X's and O's and look at the bigger picture of most of you aren't going to play pro. So let's yeah. <laughs> make sure that the, the college uh, athlete is going to not only um, come out of the, uh, their four years having played,
0: but also that they're prepared for life. Yes, absolutely. I agree. So what do you think is more beneficial to get noticed by college coaches attending showcase events, <clears throat> excuse me, or college camps or both? And do you think it varies based on the sport? I
2: think it varies um, based on not even just the sport, but also by the coaches. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. oftentimes if you come to a camp, there are some camps that are going to be hundreds and hundreds of kids that are there. You may have 500 to 1,000 kids at one week of camp versus you may go to some other schools where they limit their campers to only 45 or 50 kids. And I can tell you, those are going to be opportunities, a little bit different opportunities. So you look at a, you know, we from as cattle calling type of camps where everyone <laughs> who's anybody got invited. And that does not mean they're recruiting you. I want to be very <laughs> clear with that. Just because you got an invite to a camp does not mean a college coach is recruiting you. Could they be? Yes but getting a camp invite does not equal they're recruiting you. And I want parents to be very aware that you're going to get tons and tons of camp invites. It's going to happen. Yes, yes. I really don't encourage going chasing after third, you know, third party camps. A lot of those are just money makers. but the fact is, is you should be getting in front of those college coaches, especially some of those top schools that you're really interested in. You know, I always say to kids, maybe during your freshman, sophomore year, go to a camp that's at a division one, go to a camp that's at a D2, D3, NAI, And Juco, go to those camps and you will realize there's competitive players at every single level. And it's not just a, oh, well I shouldn't go to this level because it's not good. And it's like, no, actually a lot of kids choose to go to a smaller school and sometimes that's not necessarily a division one in terms of athletics. It may just be a different situation, but there's also division three schools that have, you know, 10,000 students and division two schools that have 10,000 students, not many, but you got to find them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of kids um, don't realize what that may look like until they start really getting onto the college board search engines, you know, niche.com is another one to get on, or a lot of kids have a program called Naviance at their high schools that may help them too. Um, you know, a lot of search engines that are out there don't pay for any search engines. You don't need to do that. <laughs> but the fact (laughs) is, you know, start researching those schools, getting a feel for what is a good fit for you academically, like we spoke about, but then, you know, go look on their websites. What are their camps? And can you plan it? Don't go for a five-day camp. Go for a one- or two-day camp so you can get an experience, get to know the coaches. The coaches get to know you and interact with you and you get to see how they are as coaches. And it's really cool because oftentimes some of their current players are also there. So I think that's important. Now, in terms of showcases, it really depends. Um, not all showcases are are treated equal. I can tell you that. Um, there's gonna be some that a lot of college coaches go to and there's some that they don't. And so it's important to really weigh out what that looks like for what you're trying to chase of programs. You know, a lot of kids chase going to some of these showcases just to get their numbers and things like that. And it's like, well, wait a minute here. Um, Could you have gotten those numbers somewhere else probably. And did did you need to really spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to fly somewhere in order to get that? You probably didn't need to. So yeah. now I think it's important to make sure that the key part is before we do any of these things, before you go to a camp or go to a showcase, you need to be making sure that your child is sending an email to those coaches, sending film. I call it an appetizer film. What do you do for an appetizer? It's like, you know, in the mall when they're sending out that chicken teriyaki and you were not coming to actually do chicken teriyaki, but then you eat it. That is exactly (laughs) the same idea of those videos. So we want to make sure that we kind of help you guys, um, you know, really push that process along. And we have a, a special report on our um, website for free, rlopezcoaching.com. You can actually download our special report strategies to emailing a college coach. I know we'll put the link in the Ooh, in the yes. notes too. So yes, it'll help you a little bit of what to say in those emails and be able to send them out to those coaches. So before you even go to a camp, before you go to a showcase, make sure you've reached out to those coaches, send your transcripts, send those videos, just be able to help along.
1: Um, you mentioned how the video uh, that you should start collecting film. Do you, when do you think parents? That's I, I. would imagine that's one thing we as parents can do is we can help. You know, film our kids. Absolutely. Game, right? Absolutely. When would you recommend we start doing that? You know what I say is if you're not good at filming,
2: start now. <laughs> you can find the delete button. Everyone says, oh, I have to do this professional film. You do not have to professional film. Okay. All I ask is get a tripod first and foremost, save, save every college coach's mind when they're, you know, watching the shaky film. Um, but the idea is we really walk through this a little bit in our, in our book too. But um, the fact is, is we want to make sure that we're doing, um, you know, film and that you start to capture the skills that your, your athlete has. And so that may take some time and you may have to delete the wrong angles, get the sun angle, all those things that are going on. But you may even have to do some, just a skills video that you start to create um, with your kids, a pitcher or, you know, really good hitter, you know, or field, whatever, whatever it is for them is you know, maybe you have to create a, a training film that's you and some coaches, you know, and, and things or maybe some some teammates just getting together. So it may not always be game film, but I think you can start, you know, in eighth grade start to get a feel for what you're doing and then delete when it's awful. And right. your, your student athlete will tell you that oh, I played awful today. OK, delete that game. All right. Now I move on. But you're looking to really start, you know, get those appetizer videos to being like three minutes. So you're looking to kind and capture a couple different plays that they're actually doing really well in. And uh, that's going to evolve over time. So start now. And then if it doesn't work, just keep filming. And so... I think that's a lesson we all learned from COVID, Um, you know, or what if your kid had to have, you know, shoulder surgery or something like that, you want to make sure you have enough film that you can actually get recruited off of something, even if they're not able to see you play live. Absolutely.
0: So even in this world of social media, like, is it okay for the player to start putting these videos on their social media content and do coaches look at that content as well?
2: Yeah. You know, coaches are going to look at social media. They definitely, are. Um, I recommend if you're interested in a college program, you always follow that program on social media. Especially Twitter and um, Instagram, very, very key to follow on both of those platforms. And it's not just bombard videos all the time. Okay, that's not what colleges are looking for. They you can DM them and just send a, a direct message to them, and then you can say, "Here's a video of me playing." I also sent you a email, and I also completed your online recruiting questionnaire. Uh-huh. So it's not just one; it's got to be both because you want to send your transcripts to them. They want to see if you're a good student. That's you know what they're really looking for because. They can choose kids from all across the country, and they can choose any kid they want. They are going to go after kids to have good grades and are talented athletes. And so they're also looking on your your social media, not just about your baseball abilities. They're looking at your character and they are so um, articulate in watching and making sure and detail oriented, watching, make sure that you make good choices on social media. And so don't make bad choices that are going to hurt you. If your principal or your athletic director could not look at your social media, what you're posting on there is not acceptable and it will hurt you in the long run for recruiting. Absolutely.
0: Um, so I also have another question. So my husband works in public education. So I know a little bit about the NCAA Clearing Eligibility Center, what do parents need to know if their child or if they want their child to play sports at a D1 or D2 college?
2: Well, it's really important to start this part of the process really early. You need to look and make sure that your student athlete is on track for the NCAA core courses. Do not think that because they're on track for high school graduation equals being eligible. I have ah. a horror story of a kid, 4.0, 30 ACT, honor student, top 10% of the class. We find out after she graduates, she did not take a course. It was something nobody caught. Oh no! She graduated, she was fine, but she didn't take a basic NCAA course. You can go on the NCAA website, Eligibility Center, make sure you're on the NCAA Eligibility Center, not something else, sometimes there's recruiting services that'll try to jump in there, go to the Eligibility Center, and you can click on your high school and you see the core courses that are already approved, and I recommend you doing this during your freshman and sophomore years and double check it as you continue to go to the point of graduation. Do not wait till your senior year to do this. You can fix the problem before your junior and senior year and looking into it. Versus my kid that was we we're in a situation she ended up having to take summer a summer course online. It was an awful situation. Oh, no. um, my kid who was a 4.0, a 30 ACT. That kid should not be the one who's taking summer classes. Right. But unfortunately, nobody caught it. Everyone looked the other way and thinking that you know She's fine because she's on track for graduation and she wasn't. So it's important for really to check those. There is also an eligibility center for the NAI, and that's important to also know. And you need to get an ID number that happens for the NCAA, and that would be for Division One or Division Two versus a separate um, eligibility center for the NAI. And that's something important for you to know. They have their own core courses as well.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That was a lot of information right, right? there. Nothing about. So great information. I love that. Good, good. <laughs> um, you mentioned your soccer is more your specialty, but I mean, it, you, met, you alluded to this earlier. Is a full-ride scholarship is a full-ride scholarship something that really exists for baseball, for college athletes? It is rare.
2: Unless you were really to go the junior college route, um, that is, you know, where there will be more opportunities for full rides. But, you know, if you look and you say and realize that, you know, at Division One level for baseball... You could have, if the program is fully funded, which many of them are not fully funded, they can have up to 11.7 um, scholarships. That means that that's broken up over a course of however many kids you have on a team. So let's just uh, say they have 33 kids on a team. That does not equal out very well. That's no. getting like to maybe a third scholarship. That's if they're fully funded versus Division II, if for baseball is nine scholarships. NAI has 12 scholarships across the team, but junior colleges have 24, again, if they're fully funded. So people say, well, I'm just not going to look at a junior college. And I go, why not? What if you got a full ride for a year or two? Not all of them are going to get full rides, but what if you did? And then you look to move on to the next level. And I think it's important that we don't dismiss in those schools, you know, based on and and chase everybody chasing Division One because there's not going to be that much scholarship. So your academic scholarship is going to be really key. That's why they want your good grades. That's why I say, let's make sure we create good habits, even starting in middle school all the way up, because college coaches are going to look for you to be able to max out on academic scholarships and then hopefully add on some athletic money as well. Now, could there be still a possibility of a full ride? Yes, it is extremely rare at other levels. So I would definitely make sure you're kids are focused on their academic scholarship because that's where you're going to
0: probably at most schools be able to stack with an athletic scholarship opportunity right okay Okay. um can you explain to us how ivy league athletic admissions is different from a d1 or d2 process well we would probably have to have a half an hour to explain all i know i know know. just (laughs) the the basics because it when i heard it it kind of blew my mind i was like wait what yes so
2: just give you a little bit of a just a little bit of a hint at that is first Mm -hmm. and foremost uh, ivy leagues do not offer athletic scholarships so it's important to know that you also depending on the school may be able to um, apply early decision that does not guarantee you're going to get accepted and if a college coach supports your admission this also happens at high academic division threes as well but if they support your admissions that does not mean you will also get it accepted but it is a little bit uh, higher probability you may but that is not guaranteed. I could give you a list of 20 kids that did not get in the head coach uh, support in the past. And so the reality is we need to make sure that you understand what the finances are. Always go on to, anytime you go and look into a college, look at their on their admissions website or financial aid website, and you will find that you can look and get um, a, uh, looking at their um, estimators that they have, as well as um, finding what academic scholarships are out there. But again, for Ivy Leagues, you cannot qualify for any academic scholarships nor athletic scholarships, so you need to make sure that you're looking at the bigger picture and financial um, situations, you know, before you really get involved in that very good. So
1: we're running out of time really quickly here. That went so fast. I know it did. (laughs) Um, But before we end, we just want to make sure people know where they can go. If they have follow-up questions, where's the best place to contact you and where can they go to purchase this book? Well, you can find tons of information on rlopezcoaching.com. We have over 40 blogs on there. And then if you would like to pick up a copy of
2: Looking for a Full Ride, it's lookingforafullride.com. And right now we're going to be offering a free shipping coupon code for those listeners on here. It is going to be BB mom, baseball mom, BB mom. Um, and we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, I'm sure too. So that's free shipping.
1: If you guys are interested at looking for a full Awesome. Thank you. Well, that went by so fast. I feel like coach Lopez just has so much good information to share. And um, I, I definitely want to recommend to everybody, please, please check out her book. She does coach does so much just above and beyond. And I feel like she really just wants to help everybody find their place, find their home, continue with college athletics if they can. And really the best thing that we can do to support her is just, you know, go buy this book and it's, it's going to be a wealth of information. You're going to turn back to it, you know, a hundred times between now and and when your child finishes this process. So use the code BB mom that's like baseball, BB mom, Mm -hmm. to get free shipping on the book. Um, That's only going to be there for two weeks. So let's just say today is January 28th. So, but let's say by February 9th to be safe, you know, please go ahead, buy that book, use that code. And I was just telling Stephanie off, off recording that I feel like when I'm on her site and just talking to her, she gives me so much hope that if your kid is academically inclined at all, and just really has the drive and the determination to continue on and play college sports, follow her process, you know, believe in the process and and they're going to find somewhere to continue on and play that that's, that's the encouragement that I get just
0: by watching all of her success stories. Absolutely. Like you can just, you could feel that like she has so much information that she wants your kid to get a scholarship to go further. And like, it's, yeah, you can also check out her strategies to emailing a college coach that's on R L O P E Z C O A C H I N G R Lopez coaching.com. So also check that out and we can put that in the notes as well.
1: And she also does. If you join that Facebook group that we've mentioned several
0: times, educating parents of high school athletes on the college recruiting process.
1: Yes. Like I said, join that group. And she also does a bunch of uh, free webinars with other experts. All you have to do generally is register for those in advance. So definitely check that out. She's just got a wealth of information to offer. Thanks for listening
0: today. Absolutely. So in the meantime, you can keep up the Keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Moms and Baseball. Join our Facebook group, Parents in Baseball. You can also listen to our podcast through Facebook as well. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Until then, have fun at the field. We'll see you next week.